So if you'd be so kind as to bow your heads and hearts with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, again, we just so thank you. Thank you for Christ. He does everything incredibly well. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for uh, just bringing us together one more time. Um, thank you. Thank you for grace. And thank you for allowing us to now uh, dive into your word a little more fully. Um, prepare my mouth and my mind as you prepare the hearts to receive. We so love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Let every heart say. Again, we are continuing our series, our systematic series uh, that we're calling Floods and Gates. Floods and Gates. And we're marching through the fourth through the ninth chapter uh, of the book of Genesis. And today we want to begin at the 11th verse of the sixth chapter where we read, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. All the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. In the ninth verse, you remember reading, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. But here we read and are reminded that he was, a, dare I say, a unicorn. He was, a, he was an exception. All the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. As one theologian uh, put it, the abrupt shift in tone in this verse seems to be deliberate, deliberate. Even though Noah was a righteous man, the earth was still corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. See, I didn't even uh, ask Brooke or Jose to uh, say what they said, but they, they are helping me speak the lesson today as I ask you, do we stand out? Do you stand out? Do I stand out? Uh, if the answer is yes, the answer, then the next question is, why do we stand out? I'm just saying what I'm saying. Some of the most honorous and mean people I know are confessing Christians. I'm just saying what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's why do we stand out? What is it about us that stands out? See, this is an incredible assessment and indictment of humanity. All the people on earth had corrupted their ways. I like how the message version reads, it says, as far as God was concerned, the earth had become a sewer. There was violence everywhere. God took one look and saw how bad it was. Everyone corrupt and corrupting. Life itself corrupt to the core. See, this is a straightforward, profound assessment indictment. Um, but it's also a reminder that no matter what's going on, uh, God sees all, God knows all, and in time, God acts. God sees all, he knows all, and in time, he will act. Well, how will he act? Verse 13. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. So God sees, he assesses, 
He renders a verdict, guilty. The penalty, death. Death to the ones that were made in his image and death to the earth they were created to inhabit. I like, uh, there's not too much on TV that I, 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 I like to watch. Two channels, it's usually public television and HGTV. That, that's pretty much it. But on HGTV, they have those, those do-over shows, those where somebody is attempted to make a renovation of a space, and they, then they's like, oh gosh, I need help. And then they have a do-over. Well, as I was reading the text, I said, this is the ultimate do-over. Um, but you, did, you, did you think about, in reading the text, have you considered why God just didn't hit the reset button right then and there? Maybe it's just me. Nobody's thought about it. Uh, if I'm God, I see it. I hate it. I'm going to destroy it. And if I were God, and you ought to be glad I'm not, I just hit the button. It's like, okay, let's hit reset. Let's, 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 let's be done with it. I won't pretend to know. We'll never fully know. Uh, but I, I'm willing to, to submit Posit, whatever. I'm convinced that a primary reason is to provide a more complete picture of who God is. The reason he does a pause is to provide a more complete picture of who he is and who we are too. Think of it as analog versus digital. An oil canvas versus uh, a picture taken with a, with a camera. So you have each generation becoming more and more wicked, moving further and further away, not closer to God, but God still waits, and he waits, and he waits, and he waits. Um, not because he doesn't know the end from the beginning, but I like how Peter put it, um, the apostle Peter, with God, one day is good as a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He's restraining himself on account of you. He's restraining himself on account of you. Holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. He's restraining himself because of you. I look at it as just another stroke with a brush on a canvas. And with each brush stroke, we get a clearer and more nuanced, a more robust, a more complete picture of who he is, how loving and how just. And along with getting a clearer picture, we get additional time. We get, ex we get extra time. But now God has declared an end to all things and instructs Noah to make an ark. Make rooms in it. Coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark. Make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on the earth, 
will perish. I know you guys are probably fidgeting in your seats thinking like, pastor's going to talk about cubits and, and windows and, and all that stuff. It's like, no, 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 you ought to know me better than that. Theologians, commentators, wannabe art builders, everybody has speculated on, oh, what is the size, this, that, and the other. Back off from the backside of the tree with your nose buried in the bark. Back off. What's the text saying? Look more broadly. Well, one thing that I took away that's pretty obvious is I don't see anywhere on here uh, any space for a rudder or a steering mechanism. Not even a sail. No rudder, no steering wheel. They don't call them steering wheels. What do you call those things? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, no steering wheel, a steering wheel. That's it. It's a steering wheel on a, on a boat. No steering wheel, no sail, no nothing. I'm an engineer. If I'm designing a boat, you need a rudder. You need a wheel. You need a steering. You need some steering mechanism. You got to know where you're going, right? It's like, what's the point? I need a sail. What, I'm going to sit there like a cork just bobbing around and just you're going wherever the tide takes me? Uh, the short answer is yes. The short answer is yes. See, the word for ark is the same used for the basket that Moses was placed in. And the word translated rooms is also the same for bird's nest. So what are you saying? Well, which, again, you back off, look at what's going on. What you basically have is a nest, a series of nests within a nest. You have, you have this, uh, or if not a nest, a bassinet, or a, some type of floating cradle, something that, um, unless you think I'm going, pastor is off his rocker. Uh, read Psalm 91. Read Psalm 91. That's your homework for today. Uh, the psalmist reminds us we find protection under God's wings. Wings. Jesus looked off at, I think that's the 27th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, looked over Jerusalem and lamented how much God desired to gather his people like a hen would gather her chicks. Protection, protection, protection in the middle of a storm. Protection when everything around you seems to be going wrong. Protection when all hell breaks loose and you have no idea why, why, why is this happening to me? Why, why me? Protection. I'm, I'm, I've created this nest within a nest without a wheel, without a sail, without a rudder. I want you to rest in me. So in the middle of God's promise, in the middle of God's promise of destruction, there's provision. In the middle of God's promise for destruction, there's provision. In the middle of God's promise of destruction, there's provision. If, if, if we would just rest, just what does an egg do in a nest? It just sits there and rests. It just it just allows the 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 the, the chicken, the goose, the eagle, or whatever to sit and warm it and to uh, incubate it, to 
to, 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 to protect it. Shouldn't be too surprising that God gives Noah in the middle of his painting a picture of destruction. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I, you can bet your bottom dollar. This is exactly what I'm going to do. But in the 18th verse, he inserts, he says, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the nest, the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. But I'm going to clean out everything. I'm going to wipe out everything, but not you. I'm going to clean out everything. I'm going to hit reset, but not you. Uh, this is the first time the word translated covenant is used in scripture. This is the first time. We talk about covenants, but how much do we really understand what it is or what it entails? A lot of folks just oversimplify it and uh, they say, well, it's, it's like a contract with life and death consequences attached. That's what a covenant is. Uh, swing and a miss. Uh, but uh, as one theologian writes, contracts are made by the exchange of promises, whereas covenants are, sw are, 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 are made, are, are sworn by solemn oaths. Contracts are limited by the terms of the exchange property. This is mine, this is yours. While covenants involve an exchange of life, I am yours, you are mine, which covers a virtually unlimited range of human relations and duties. Contracts are based on profit and self-interest while covenants call for self-giving loyalty and sacrificial love. Contracts are temporary, while covenant bonds are permanent, even intergenerational. A contract is an arrangement in human affairs that may be reinforced by swearing a covenant in order to add the more binding dimension of the divine." Close quote. So what's the point? That was wonderful, Pastor. What's the point? Well, I'm glad you asked. Too often our approach with God, our relationship with him, uh, drifts into the realm of contract. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Uh, not nowhere along the line do we get into that conversation in it. How's this going to affect us? What's in it for me? What do I get out of this? Uh, you do know there's a difference, right? See, here God enters into a bond with Noah. The intersection of deity meets humanity. Um, there's an element of transaction. Do as I instruct, and you and your family will be saved physically. But more than physically, see, that's great. That's why I always say, you know, getting the get out of hell free card is good. I don't diminish that at all, but just think it through. Think it through. If salvation and avoidance of hell was the only thing God was concerned about, 
Just think it through. Don't you think there would he would have put in place a more expedient and efficient way to, to pull off that transaction? No. This is a covenant I'm making with you. Uh, I don't want to go out too far on a theological limb. Uh, but when he establishes a covenant with Noah, there are collateral benefits, at least, at least physically, and they extend to his family. The family gets physical salvation, if nothing else. What are you saying? What's your point? Glad you asked. The blessings that God extends to us reach beyond us and are intended to reach beyond us in our homes, in our neighborhoods, on our jobs, in our families, in our schools. The relationship we have with God has collateral benefits. The relationship we have with God has collateral benefits. Or put another way, our relationship with God is a blessing to others whether they know it or not. Our relationship with God is a blessing to others whether they know it or not. What are you saying? What I'm saying is our salvation is bigger than just us. See, again, we keep looking at salvation as I don't go to hell. I don't go to hell. That, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's not it. That's not just it. There's more to our salvation than avoiding hell. We have to figure out what that looks like. That's why it's a covenant, not a contract. Contract is, do you love Jesus with all your heart, soul, and mind? Yeah, okay, sign on the membership roll. Okay, that's my contract. I'm good. So as long as I keep kicking in money in the silver box, keep showing up every now and then, keep doing my contract is fulfilled. It's like, I don't want your contract. I want your relationship. What do I want? I want you. Me? How about what I do? No, I don't want, I could, I could get angels to sing in your place. I could get rocks to speak in your place. I don't, I don't need that. I want you. You can't have me. I got, what about me? How's me going to have me? We don't put it that crashly. We just behave that way. We carve out what we want to do and give what God, what we think God wants. He's like, you can have this. You, you can have. I think, again, Ananias and Sapphira. You know, it's just like all of that was theirs. You could have had it all. But let me, let me try and bamboozle you. Let me just give you. Did you give everything you own? Did you, did you give your whole self? Yes, I did. You're lying. You're dead. I thank God that he doesn't deal with me in that way. I'm convinced. I, I am convinced uh, that most confessing Christians really don't understand uh, because we live and we suffer in isolation. We both live and suffer in isolation. And God is saying, I want you to live, thrive, and even mourn in community. 
and you're a part of, like, again, you guys have borne me, you, you have helped me, and you don't just help me, you help one another as we go through this thing we call life. Your relationship with God necessarily extends beyond you and what you think you get out of it on your own. Um, I'm closing. What we, what, we, what we fail to realize is that community, community is the essence of what it means to be in relationship with God. Community. This experience, what we're, what we're having right now, is just not contractual. It's just not something nice to do as it fits into a very busy life schedule. We're doing life together. We are, we are, we are getting to know and be known uh, with one another and to come together to worship God. It, God continues, he, he just continues, he's like, okay, I'm going to make a covenant with you, now let me tell you, let me give you further instruction, let's, let's, let's just, just honk this thing off. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves, that moves along. That move that uh, every kind of creature that moves along. The ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. As much information is provided, much more is omitted. You know, there's a whole lot that's not here. The detail that us as people, as curious folks, well, you know, I, well, how did you know? How did they? How did they do this? How did they deal with that? And the, you know, how, you know, it's like the, you know, and boy, it had to pretty much smell in there, and it's just like worrying about stuff that nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody. No. Nobody cares. Um, this is not the text. Is not a detailed plan on building an ark <laughs> or a game of Survivor. It's it's it's, it's not that. The takeaway is that God was then and is now in complete control of everything. So last night, there was another mass shooting, this time in Southern California. If you think that uh, gated community, a robust 401 uh, concealed carry permit, Whatever. If you if you think those things, I'm not saying not do any of those things. I mean, I I don't live in a gated community. I guess it'd be nice, you know, have a little card and swipe it and stuff. Um, that's wonderful. Um, if you think that that's what God has in mind when He talks about relationship and protection and covenant, we have really missed the boat. And too often, many of us, nobody here, but many of us that confess Christ. Look at that. Well, what we are as, as Christians, we are supposed to isolate and be in a put ourselves in bubble wrap and uh, just just protect protect ourselves from the world. No, on the contrary, Rachel Mode, we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be in the mix 
Now, I'm not suggest I am not suggesting that you listen to what I'm saying. I am not suggesting for a minute you go to the bar and get drunk or anything like that. But some of the best witnessing that needs to take place is at a bar. But if it's if we're looking at it contractually, we just go to the bar because I get cheap drinks. And I get to consume them. Whose life is it? The 70 years plus minus that God has given us, that grants us, 70 years plus minus, whose life is it? Who's, whose is it? Is it yours? Or is it his? And if the answer to that question will determine how you live the 70 years God allows. I pray. See, as I was sharing with someone, uh, may have been Pastor Campbell, he's um, been calling me of late. Hopefully that, that means that uh, he loves me, not that I'm getting ready to see the Lord. Uh, but uh, he's been calling me of late. And um, I'm just convinced that as we draw closer to God, as we draw, it's unfortunate that it, it, it takes so much of our chronological time to get to that point where we really understand, you know, now, it, now it's six plus decades of life. What I was doing in decade two, that was a lot of stupid stuff. That was a lot of stupid stuff. Well, you need it all up. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know, we like to think that, well, you had to do those things in order to understand now. It's like, no, no, no. But as we draw closer to him and we understand what is his good and perfect will for our life, then we align the things that we even desire, not just do, that's contract, but what we desire, that's covenant. I want to do the things that please him and expand the kingdom. That's what it's all about. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, again, we just so thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the text that we can pull. We can go back millennia, multiple millennia, and, and really see that the message has not changed. God, you have been very consistent. From the time you said, let there be, up until the time we hope to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been very consistent. Father, help our inconsistency. Help us as we, we navigate this thing called life. Let us just rest in the ark that you have created. You will take us safely to the shore you desire, wherever that may be, whatever relationship you, you desire. Thank you, Father. Thank you for provision. Thank you for provision. Thank you for protection.
thank you for being God. We so love you and we exalt you. You're so worthy to be praised. It's in your son's name we ask it all. Amen. Let's stand. Again, thank you so very much. So look forward to uh, February and our month of celebration. Thank you again, praise team. Thank you, Sister Jones. Thank you. Praise team comes out in the evening every Thursday. It's dark. It's cold. I think it's cold now. It's colder then. Um, and they rehearse so that we can, they can help us get to that point of praise. And they have to repeat the refrain for songs over and over sometimes so we get it. So we get it. And that's what, that's what preaching, that's what preaching is all about, Sister Jones. So thank you so much. Bow your heads and hearts with me. Our Father, our God, again, we say thank you. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Be with us this day. Protect us. Protect us. Keep us from the evil one. He's evil. Keep us from the evil one. Protect us from the schemes of the world, the subtleties, the things that would lure us to, that would draw us away from you. Protect us from the world. And my God, please save us from ourselves, our own sinful lusts, our desires, our stupidity, the things that we think are right and they're wrong. Save us from ourselves. We love you and we thank you. It's in the name of your Son, my Savior, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. We ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. Greet somebody. Greet somebody.